This podcast is brought to you by Keep Pulling, a USA weightlifting club and community development training site located in Tampa, Florida. Find all things Olympic weightlifting, including coaching, training programs, community events, and so much more. And Lifting Life, your go-to photography provider for every USA weightlifting meet in the nation. They are also based in Florida and provide platform lifting sequences and videos, VIP photo packages, and so much more that is available to every single lifter. Capture the moment at Lifting Life. And now it's time for the show. You are tuning in to part two of episode six of the Keep Pulling Podcast. If you haven't already listened to part one, make sure to turn it back one track, either through our website, keeppulling.com, or on Spotify, iTunes, or your podcasting app of choice. Give us a follow on social media. We are at Keep Pulling and at Lifting Life on Instagram. And if you like what you hear, drop us a review on iTunes. Here we go with part two. All right. Uh, now we got the uh, meat director perspective. You have tons of experience in this. Oh, geez. I'm kind of a partial because I, I kind of do this, the sound and the yeah and the scoring <laughs> a little bit. But this is more your realm. Yeah. Uh, but I'll it, ask questions as we go. Oh, no, yeah, for sure. I mean, you're definitely a, a hands-on day of and, you know, it's most of the time day before as well. And the great part about that, the reason why it all works is the planning that went before it from you and uh, Team Green. <laughs> But <laughs> from so how, how do you find a venue for these things? Finding a venue is luckily we we have partnered up with another CrossFit event. Not that we're a CrossFit event, we're a weightlifting event. But we paired up with uh, someone in the area who holds the one of the biggest CrossFit events. We do one of the biggest weightlifting events in the state. So we, we paired up, and he we kind of share the load on the venue. So he does a fitness festival out in Dunedin, which is a community center. They have the outside, they do the competition outside with the CrossFit and then we're inside the gymnasium. But what we look for in an event venue is basically, is there enough space like square footage, right? So you need at least one 12 by 12 or four meter by four meter platform, which is the competition one. You need space for a warm-up area so what at least four warm-up platforms question yeah is do you recommend a minimum amount of warm-up platforms because there's no specific amount you have to have correct do you have to provide a warm-up equipment yes <laughs> i i actually you know i i don't know if the rule is you have to provide all of I that i don't believe stuff. it's a requirement I, however however no one's gonna show up if you don't yeah how the hell are people gonna warm up <laughs> if you don't have stuff to, that's like say yeah we're having a competition they walk out on the competition platform and there's no bar there's nothing, <laughs> there's nothing. it's just like woo, we're practicing i don't think it's a requirement actually i could be wrong but we aim to have at least four warm-up platforms per competition platform we usually end up getting five so 10 total, but we, we definitely shoot for four each because we, do, we limit the number of session or the number of people per session to a maximum of like 15 or 16. Sometimes it, it pushes more to like, oof, we've had as 20. much as 20, yeah, which, I've been to a 25 or. which is tough because then that affects our timing and ability. There's a lot that can go wrong in something with 25 <clears throat> people. Right. We'll so, that so finding a venue, um, it's just, just make sure you have enough space. Like go talk, uh, go scout and look around. Usually a rec center is good. People have been doing events in breweries that have 
kind of a larger uh, flat open space. That's basically what you're looking for is a big flat open space. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, the guys over at Ape Squad did yeah, Jingle uh, Brews, Jingle too. Brews Classic here in Florida over in Orlando. They held it at a brewery, which yeah. is pretty which cool. Which is also slash a church. Oh, really? Figure. Yeah. Interesting. Most people or most clubs hold the events inside of the gym that they're a part of, which what we did for years. We still do in the summertime, but our, our spring and fall meet, we have a kind of external venue, if you want to call it that. Okay, so you find your place. Yep. How far in advance do you find this place? Probably when like do you year. set your date? At the beginning of the year. Well, our dates are pretty much set right. now. But if I was a first timer, yep. I'm like, okay, I want to hold the weightlifting meet. How would I go about picking a day? What are some uh, things to weave around? I know yep. one would probably be national, basically sure. other events. Yeah, and, and basically look at I, what I do is I look at the USA Weightlifting National Calendar first. So I find all the AO series first and then all of the nationals and then put them on a calendar and then just kind of – I have a 12-month calendar with like dry erase. And once you have those set in, then you can kind of look and say, oh, well, here's a six-week period where there's nothing or here's eight weeks where there's nothing – and then kind of just drop it in those dead zones. And I imagine, let's say you got a dead zone, and here's a national meet 12 weeks away. You're mm-hmm. still in the qualifying period. You could advertise the meet as a something-something yeah. qualifier. For sure. And <laughs> on topic, qualifier. our Tampa Bay Spring Classic 3 on April 11th, 2020, at the Dunedin Community Center will be a last-chance qualifier for the national championships. So if you're trying to qualify for seniors, you can do it at our meet. <laughs> yep. Come on down. You don't have to be local. For sure. Um, yeah, we pulled people from as far as like New Orleans and like Tennessee. I think we had one guy come down from. But anyway, yeah. Wow. So find a venue first, set it, set the date, which means you have to sanction it through USA Weightlifting. Yes, which you is probably a process. Fill out a little form and then you pay like $75 and then they block that date for you. And this this is assuming you're already a legit club. Oh, yeah. So you, I mean, you're a USA Weightlifting registered club. Right. This official. is making, I realize this is making a lot of assumptions. This is like when I teach seminars and I forgot to te- forget to teach hook grip because it's just so like natural. <laughs> it's just one of those basics. Um, but yes, yeah, so you have to be a club coach, meaning you are the point of contact for a USA Weightlifting sanctioned club. Which means going through the safe sport courses, mm-hmm. the registration process. Yep, cetera, and you have to have some approvals. kind of certification, USA Weightlifting certification. Bare uh, minimum back, level one, right? Bare minimum level one, a background check. Um, there's a bunch of, you know, safe sport training, drug. They have an anti-doping right, drug right. education training that you have to do. And, yeah, all that stuff before you can sanction it. Okay, so I got a date. I got uh, a venue. Mm-hmm. I'm registered with USA Weightlifting. Yep. I want people to come to my meet. How do I get them to register? What, what do you do to have them register? I know there's, I'll talk about the other way, but what do you do? Uh, use a program to let them sign up. What we use typically is Eventbrite. There are local companies that, like Box Tribe, I think is one that allows registration to, people can just pick the event in their system, register for whatever weight class they want to, put in all their information, and then pay, and then the, the company will then siphon you all that money minus fees kind of thing right and i believe the new bars system on usa oh uh, yes how can handles I registration in a way that registrants do not have to show their usa weightlifting card at the meet when mm. they show up when they weigh in i guess it's could. already it's already built into the registration system if you don't have a number you don't register interesting or if it's not going to be valid during that time of the competition then won't let you register too. right which it's it's kicked me out of registering for nationals as a coach sometimes because it's like no you your certification expires prior to this date please renew and i'm like right. damn it <laughs> and they get you like that too oh, sometimes. Yeah. 
or like the safe sport you have to renew or something like that. Uh, what do you recommend numbers wise for people coming? Let's say you have one platform mm-hmm. and it's one day. Oof. What do you think about 60 people? I would four do, sessions? I would do a maximum of five sessions. Four would be optimal, which if you have what, what's four times 15? What is 60. that? 60 people. Yeah. I would not, we've never done more than like 80 in a single day. I think TBAC one, we had like 85. And that was really pushing it. Let me tell you about that, mate. That was five. Late into the night. That late was five sessions, and I think we were done and out of there at like midnight. Like it yeah. was it was rough. Now that's not, that's really hard on the people yeah. to do. I think four is definitely ideal. For sure. Which uh, is 60 people. Which is why we started going to our dual platform setup. One, it requires double the amount of staff, and it's like super stressful trying to ask people and not trying to ask people, but trying to fill role, you know, double the amount roles. of staff. You yeah. need loaders, you need people to take registrations. But instead of running five sessions on one platform, which, I mean, you're looking at two and a half, three hours per session, and that's going to kill an entire day. You can run three sessions per platform, and that's six running simultaneously, or two running simultaneously. And we staggered at some point. Right, right but you're done, you're done early afternoon uh, yeah. just because you can get, double the amount of people through and it sometimes you gotta look at the venue you're at they may capture time yes and uh, specifically the the dunedin community center charges us by the hour so yeah. we pay by the hour to be in that building so the quicker we get so out the less we pay mode. yeah you see me out there with a whip whipping the loaders yeah and even like set up the day before because we set up friday and our event is on saturday uh, but we pay by the hour to set up too and <laughs> Oh, lo and behold, Good Friday this this time going around setting up, so we have to pay extra because it's a government holiday. It's a holiday. <laughs> yeah, so we have to pay overtime. I know Easter is. That's on a Sunday, though. That's the Sunday, yeah, yeah. All right, people are, it's, what, 7 a.m. now, registration's open. Not registration, but, yeah, registration, right? Uh, is that what you in, call it? Uh, check in, check in, check in, in, yeah. Check in, okay. Check in starts. Here they come. Yep. Where are they going? You got signs out there? Yep, we got signs directing people usually into the building, and then they get to... Check-in table, which is the place where we say, hey, let me see your ID. Let me make sure you're the person that you're actually saying you are. And then from there, we go directly into weigh-ins, and which is in a isolated room because people obviously have to take their clothes off or whatever. Except for youth, say, leave their singlets on. Leave we're, it on. We're, we're very aware of that rule, and we enforce it heavily. Yeah, once, once that happens, then they have two hours until... Once weigh-ins are done, they have two hours until they compete. That's right. And it might be longer, depending if there's a delay. Yeah. Sometimes, or at one time, I weighed in, and four hours later, I was putting on my singlet. But the most our events have ever been delayed has been 31 minutes. That's we, our maximum. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I know we got behind one time, but we were able to catch up. Yes. So we've been on time a bunch of times before, like ahead of time. And then, yeah, we, we kind of get in this with this mode where it's like, uh, should we start now? And it's one platform is like sitting idle for 40 minutes. Here's a fun coach perspective. Yeah. Coming up maybe an hour before uh, four intros. When do you start lift warming up your athletes? I like to get let's, them. Let's say they're first to open. They're scheduled to be first to open. They're first to open. I would have them start moving like 40 minutes out. Okay. Just like moving their bodies, stretching, get ready, and then 30 minutes, probably between 30 to 25 minutes away, we'll start taking bar, and then we'll start going through our warm-up progressions. Um, If you know the lifting order an hour before, then you're in great shape. (laughs) Sometimes you won't know until like 10, 15 minutes before. Right, when the scoreboard updates. Yeah, for sure. Speaking of scoreboard, uh, okay, I've got all these people registered. Mm Mm-hmm. 
they're starting to show up. I got to run a meet somehow. That's uh, right. And software is usually the way we do it these days. Mm-hmm. There's lots to choose from. We've yeah. been using Oliftia. Oliftia. Oliftia.com. Yeah. O-L-Y-F-T-I-A.com. Yep. And it's all web-based. If you've got an internet connection, you can do it all based off the internet. And it works great. I haven't had, we've had a couple of problems more with, with the clock mm-hmm. built in. Sometimes the clock isn't right on the money. Yeah, we've noticed some glitches in the, in the clock, which I think we, we sent our, our comments in and stuff like that. But That's like the one con. Oh, but the, the pros, woo! Yeah, overall, this Oliftia is an amazing piece of software. Very user-friendly, very easy to use, and it's, it's idiot-proof. Like, it, like, I don't know what else to call it. Like, it just it spells it out for you. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't require a, a, a ton of training for the person that's running it. Uh, but it also, on the back end, exports all the results in the exact format that you need to submit it to USA Way the thing. So yeah, it, that's it, perfect. Yeah, it helps they out. They really a nailed lot. it. We are we were able to influence a couple changes. Yeah, how do uh, you guys like that dark mode? <laughs> you're welcome. I mean, we didn't make the dark we mode, didn't. but we sure did. <laughs> that was def- a good push to roll the ball. That was definitely Andy's idea. <laughs> yeah, well, we did a, a test meet, and we wanted to make sure all the software works. So. When I brought my monitor, I was looking at the two different screens I would be looking at, and they're all white, like bright white. I said, man, there's there's no way I'm going to be able to stare at this bright white screen for 8 to 10 hours. Right. I'm going to push for a dark theme because there wasn't one built in. And yeah. I contacted the guy, made a sizable donation to help him <laughs> expedite this dark theme, and he got it done in time. The guy's name's Dan, I believe. And yeah. You know, thank you, Dan, for making that amazing change. It helped our eyes a ton. Is he? He's in Chicago. Uh, somewhere like that. Yeah, somewhere mid. mid somewhere north. not here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Olympia is good. We uh, Box Tribe has been used at the state championships. What else did we have? And then the nationals usually runs on. That's on the Simonton software system. Yeah, I, I didn't know what it was called. I was gonna say. I believe <laughs> that's what it's called. Yeah. It's really great. That stuff is is robust. Mm-hmm. Except for this time around, when we're at at juniors. Well, that, that was a power strip. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah, oh, strip. sorry about that. Power strip died. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, that's Come good. On, deal with the no. All right. Hey. hey. <laughs> Weren't you listening on the live feed? Yeah. Oh, you know, actually, yeah. I remember you and Scott talking about that. That's yeah. right. Okay. <laughs> my B. My B. Patrick says sorry. Yeah. Yes, I did not mean to. Very say. robust. Uh, box drive we used before at state championships. Mm-hmm. They're usually there on that site to help with uh, any technical difficulties. I personally have not used it. Yeah. I haven't ran a state meet. I'm usually doing photos. Right. I have Maybe not. someday in the future. I have not used it either. i kind of seen it run, but I wasn't paying a ton of attention. Vanessa down in Miami would know much more about this, the the box drive software, than I would. The other system that is used somewhat, well, they use it at the Holiday Cup now, the Mush Talk Open, it's the OLWCMS, Olympic Weightlifting Competition Management Software. And that is free. It's a standalone software. It's not web-based. It, mm. You have to have a local network to make it run. And what they do is they use a laptop as a server. You can run the server on any laptop as long as it's on the network. They got little Raspberry Pis connected to the t- different TVs in the front and the back. And that's on the network too. And then it's all managed in between in the software. It's kind of complicated. It's not quite as easy as Oliftia. Yeah. And I've been wanting to learn it. I have all the stuff to do it. I just don't have the data to put in and, and really test it out. Right. Uh, otherwise, it, it looks like it, it works great. We didn't have any problems with it at the Holiday Cup. Mm-hmm. And they were quick. They had one guy operating the laptop, an announcer, and a card person. Mm-hmm. And it went fine. Yeah, that was the first time I'd seen it. But it looked pretty cool. I mean, it looked normal. <laughs> yeah, it works great. 
just got to learn how to use it, really. Right. Yeah, but yeah, like I said, the, as far as learning how to use it, Olithia is like I can't I can't praise that stuff enough. Like it's just I mean now it costs money. I think it it's worth its cost. Yeah, I I think it's it's worth. If that's every what dollar. keeps it around, uh, a happily play. Yeah, for yeah. sure, for sure. Okay, so I got people at the meet now. They're all registered in my cool software system. <laughs> what we didn't talk about was monitors, mm. laptops, monitors. You're gonna need people to see things like in the back. You got a TV right. connected to an external. Output on a laptop, on a computer, yeah. And in the front, uh, is there anything in the front? Uh, we have not done that. Not yet, yet. right? That but would require two more TVs. That you actually don't need TV. You can do it with a wireless tablet. It wouldn't be very big, right? But yeah. uh, if we're gonna do it, we're gonna do it. Yeah, do it. <laughs> do it. Do it big. But I know we did have the the state championships at Vero Beach. We did run a Liftia, and we did have front platform facing monitors that said lifter name where they're from club attempt like how much weight they're lifting all that stuff but having the uh, rear tv with a lifting order that's crucial i think that is much better than the cards because yeah. it's, it's a little bit higher people can't like hover and it avoids like, loitering too yeah like yeah exactly like crowding the table or anything like that and I know you you don't like it when people lean on the table. Oh, I, I hate it. I'll slap that. you. Yeah. I'll, I'll put my hand on you. And Liz doesn't like it when people touch the cards, and she will literally, like, slap hands yeah. away. And <laughs> yeah, it's like, like that slap game. Pow. Yeah, exactly. Don't like, touch it. Like, too too slow. You're going you're gonna to get laughed you by my wife hand here. Hand's going to be red. <laughs> and she'll uh, turn her ring inside out. I've seen her do it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, we definitely have the monitors in the back facing the warm-up room so all the coaches can see the sorting lifter order. At Jingle Brews 2, the one we talked about in the brewery mm-hmm. in Orlando, I kind of took on the role as meat software guy, not quite lifting equipment guy, but the meat <laughs> software and TV guy. Okay. Just basically the competition management type yeah. thing. And it worked flawless. I used the Liftia. I brought, I got two TVs. I got like a big one, a 42. Mm-hmm. I guess that's big. It's big for me. I don't watch I mean, TV. Compared to my computer monitors, it was a 42 yeah. I put in the back, ran yeah. a long HDMI to it. And I had a 32 or something in the front for the attempt board, which I didn't have before the last meet we did. So so now we have an, more TVs we can use. Like, we can use, utilize both those. But I used the Liftia. I used two laptops. One was, one was the laptop that a volunteer was doing the cards on, running the cards, paper cards, mm-hmm. and making the changes on the laptop. Then I had my other computer that I was using as the announcer one that I looked at that screen and, and talked off of that one. Yeah. I wanted to keep them separate. It worked great. I was right. very happy with how it went. With just two TVs, two computers, or less, if yeah. you want to really want to maybe three monitors, but you can run a meet. All you need is an internet connection or even use your phone as a hotspot. That right. works too. But even though this this software is super powerful, we're not saying don't have cards on the table. Have cards on the yeah. table. Have a fail safe. Yeah, because I mean, that's that's the way changes have to be entered and implemented. You know, if you don't have the cards and if the software fails, then you're totally screwed. Or if your internet drops, then you're totally screwed. Yeah, you know, so. definitely. So yeah. get them cards going. Yeah, it's always nice to have an analog backup and pieces of paper will not crash. <laughs> At uh, the USA weightlifting meets, you'll see the cards have giant numbers on them, the lot numbers, and those cards don't move. Mm-hmm. They do not rearrange the order as the weights are changed. Those cards stay stationary. They make the change in the Marshall laptop. Here at our meets, we do move the cards. Right. Sometimes. It depends on the whoever's doing the cards. But um, I think we we stopped moving the cards recently. At, speaking of nationals, not only do they not move the cards, but now the scoreboard does not sort by lift order anymore. It's in it's an order by lot number, and it just stays that way. 
Which one are you saying? Now? At, at the nationals, at any national meet. Oh, they can they can change that easy. Oh well, they haven't been doing that lately. They probably didn't do it the last one. I noticed that too. Yeah, I thought I thought there was a glitch, but it yes, should be in. So did I, but because uh, when we did uh, AO series in Daytona, the first the two platforms were sorting by lift order, and then the one far right was only by by lot number. They're like, no, they're all like this. I'm like, that li- I literally just coached someone on blue, <laughs> and it's sorting by <laughs> lift or number. Or lift lifter attempt. Sorry. Yeah, uh, that's a simple drop down in Les's in the Simonton oh, software. Yeah, I'm, I'm sh- yeah, I'm sure. I've got to connect but. to it at Masters Open when I incorporated it into the live stream, mm-hmm. and I got the play route. So it's on my computer. Yeah. Oh, nice. Um, it's it's pretty cool. Okay, everybody's here. They're in my software system. It's an hour out. People want to start warming up. What are they going to warm up on? Where where did you get all this equipment? Do you personally own all eight? 10 warm-up platforms and bars and weights that go along with it? Or what's the deal? Yes and no. But so our gym, uh, keep holding Ybor City over in, in Ybor City area of Tampa. We do have 10 standalone platforms and like 14, 15 full kilo sets, competition style, change plates, all, the whole nine and bars and whatever else to match it. However, Luckily, there's a local equipment company called Valor Fitness has been our event partner for a few years now, and they have kilo plates available that they loan us for the events or let us use or rent or whatever you want to call it. So they uh, allow us to use their platforms, which are standalone. They have like the the ballistic tile and stuff so it doesn't damage the the flooring. Kilo plates, barbells, uh, change plates, everything so they they put their name all over our event and their equipment is there and the, the people who register use all valor equipment at our at our competitions except for the main platforms we have either a Lico, well we have an Lico women's bar now so now a Lico women's bar and a kind of needle bearing bar out front for the men as well thank god for them they're 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 awesome they're huge they sponsored the uh, the tampa bay the other one you're attached to mm-hmm. The uh, Tampa Bay Fit Fitness Games, fitness uh, the thing. Tampa Bay Strength and Fitness Expo. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you remember that. Yeah, like, well, yes, these yes. are a lot of words at once. I, yeah, I thought so, it would just roll off my tongue. So I think uh, <laughs> if I remember correctly, Valor got their start in kind of like commercial gym equipment and and like garage gym outfitting, and then they started moving into the functional fitness world, building r- rigs and barbells, bumper plates medicine balls all the stuff that you need to get an awesome friend time you can get a hell of a deal on the stuff too oh yeah and, and if you the best way to try it out come to a meet yeah exactly yeah so you can test out their 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 kilo plates are actually made out of polyurethane so they're super hard and durable but it, it feels it feels like none other you, you can also go out to their showroom if you're in the tampa bay area they're over in um technically seminole but i there's like a weird gray area between like seminole clearwater and saint pete and they're like right there but yeah, they have a showroom there. You can go check it out. You can actually, they, I think they do have like a demo room where you can try this stuff out. Yeah, they have a full warehouse. Their corporate headquarters is right here. So they ship all over the world from from right here in St. Pete. They're and, big. Yeah, and they're, they're awesome. Man, does it make the meat work well? Yeah, for sure. Those platforms, <clears throat> you're able to take them all apart mm-hmm. Real, relatively quick. There's only a few bolts. Yeah. They're like the warm-up ones. And then the main platforms, that's a totally different story. That's not exactly sponsored by any one company. It's sponsored by Cape Poland right. Headquarters. Exactly. So we do have two competition platforms worth of plywood, and I have a storage unit directly adjacent to my to my house here. These are pretty solid, too. Yeah. Uh, these are built to... Uh, they feel substantial when you're on them. For sure. Uh, yeah. They're not going to feel wobbly. You're not going to feel like a dead spot with mm-hmm. air in the bottom. They're heavy-duty, made to absorb the 
impact of the weights coming down. Right. When you put your foot down on them, you're like, wow, okay, I'm on the platform. I'm here to lift. Yeah. And it's not elevated on the stage, but it is three pieces of plywood thick. So it's a a triple layer. Yeah. So you do physically have to step up onto it. (laughs) But yeah, we have two layers of, I guess that's pine, pine sheets. And then the top sheet is a maple veneer. So it's kind of smoother and nicer, but definitely looks different than the rest. And there's room on there for sponsor logos too. Correct. Which with Valor, Valor has their name on the front and back of those. We put some decals on there, but yeah, we do take platform sponsorships. Uh, (laughs) If you do want your, your event, your company logo in all of the event photography and videography and forward facing of all the people in the audience to see your name on our event and the sponsor parts coming up too but before we get to that before we're not done with equipment yet (laughs) i need to announce the first lift Mm. what are we gonna scream it out loud no we've got that's where i kind of come in oh yes Uh, i bring a lot of speakers it started small the first time the first time i was part of the meets that they keep pulling meets um Mm -hmm. i was loading I love loading. First of all, let me get it off the bat. I love loading. Yep. I, it makes the so meat do I. work. Yeah. I like going up there, going fast, make sure everything's perfect for the next lifter. I know how to work darn collars. That's a plus. It's just something I like to do. I like doing work, and it's a lot of work. So it goes well. But anyway, I was loading the first meet slot open for an announcer. I said, hey, can I announce? I've always wanted to announce. <laughs> I always wanted to do it. I think I'd, I thought it would be good at it, and... I got to do it. I think it went really well. Yeah. I tried to keep a good rhythm, like a radio style rhythm, a radio DJ type of thing going. That's my other favorite thing. And that first meet that I, uh, that was in Dunedin, that I was really kind of responsible for the sound, I went and bought two 12-inch PA speakers, and we used those, and it sounded okay. It wasn't great. It was good for announcing, not great for music. Then I decided to step up, up a little bit. I bought a subwoofer, an 18-inch sub, and... We tried it out at the keep pulling practice meet. Well, I used those two speakers and the one sub, and it sounded okay, but there wasn't enough bottom end on it to really cut through the crowd based based on where they were at. But another subwoofer, which unintentionally allowed us to do two platforms at the same time. So I had Mm. a sub and a speaker pointed at each platform to the left and right of me. Nice. Here's a little trick I did with that. We only had the one announcer, but two platforms. So the way they did it was I'd have the mic in my hand, and then I'd talk to the right side of the platform, just like that. So I'd use the panning knob on the mixer to talk to each side, and uh, my monitor in front showed me who was next on each one and just tried to keep a good balance. Yeah. Um, But at the last meet we did, uh, I had come across some awesome 15-inch speakers at a bowling alley blowout. They were selling the whole building, and it was kind of like a rummage, buy whatever you can grab. And I grabbed four 15-inch speakers. Oh, my God. I went and got uh, an amp to run them and a new mixer which had subgroups and outputs and like direct outs and that let me not only talk to both platforms separate in the front i could talk to both warm-up areas in the back separate or combine i could talk to the whole right platform i could talk to the whole left platform including a warm-up area and main platform attempts and pump music to all speakers at the same time nice it was a lot going into it it's a little bit of wiring but it comes out great because I can talk to any quadrant at any time and make sure people get the right info. By the turn of a knob. Yeah. So instead of <laughs> saying, um, 
okay, we're going to line up for intros. I don't have to go back there and scream their names right. over their headphones. Or, are, I can just turn it to their uh, little quadrant and say, okay, line up in this order. And the front can't really hear me. Yeah. Or you don't have to use two or four different microphones. Yeah. Like one <laughs> That's the other speaker. Thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, the nice thing about having, I think the way we do it with the one announcer and the two platforms no one, I can't talk over myself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's no way one person's going to talk over themselves. <laughs> so there's no confusion, like one person saying one thing. And I'll tell you what, uh, it works well because I know the the white platform cannot hear what I'm saying when I'm talking to the green platform mm-hmm. and vice versa. Right. So having a good sound makes a big difference. We got good music going. I'm usually DJ playlists at the time. Get music going at your meets. It helps the time move along and yeah i think it's a good addition um uh, there, there are a lot of events that well more are starting to do that now but except uh, masters but well, someday <laughs> yeah <laughs> but back in the day it was very like it was just kind of i don't want to say boring but it was like <laughs> coming up next yeah. john schmirna with the 82 kilo snatch and then i mean even the nationals are playing music now they used to hire a dj and now they have uh, i think i guess that dude from gvp just uh, sometimes it's me too. Sometimes yeah. I'm, I'm DJ oh, Sp- oh, nice. Spotify. All right, and just let her ride. Yeah, uh, but yeah. That's why I did the Arnold last year too. For four days. Oh, you DJ the Arnold. Four well, days DJ. long. Yeah. Well, it was that in conjunction with shooting three platforms at the same time. So right. it, was, it was a handful. Music's a good addition. I think it's a good touch. Yeah. Now, okay, you got all these people coming. Yep. And obviously, it's expensive to put on. What helps cover the fees besides like uh, the registration fee? Right. Which you probably have to calculate. Yes, we I do. I do calculate that based on how much the venue costs, uh, and then it's take basically your your average and or maximum number of people that you can handle, and then divide that divide the the cost by the number of people, and then hopefully that's something reasonable. <laughs> yeah, and you're able to kind of cut costs to the individual by bringing sponsors, I believe. Correct. Yeah. So we have a couple of different sponsorship packages. Uh, the most, uh, the one that most go for is just to show up on day of. We call that a daily event vendor or exhibitor, and they get a ten by ten foot square basically, and they can set up a tent or table or both or anything they want and promote themselves as as much as they desire. So they can bring. Oh, they're they're responsible for for bringing all of their own materials and tables and all that uh, and all branded materials. Because obviously, I'm not going to have <laughs> all of their company. But stuff. man, is it great? Because there's yeah. food on site. Yeah, you got like people putting their thumbs on people's backs, doing massages. Yeah. Oh my God, is it nice? I, sometimes I run over in a five minute oh, for stretch sure. time. Like, hey, uh, I, I don't want to cut line, but I'm a little bit of priority. <laughs> Could you please push on this spot on me, please? So we've had like physical therapists, chiropractors, food prep companies. This year we have a CBD company that- They're taking over. Oh yeah, they do like topical gels. Yeah, grocery stores. Yeah, all all different kinds of people who just want to want to participate. Yeah, yeah, local businesses that want to participate in a local event, and they're like, "Hey guys, we're around here too." It's called community. Check folks. us out. That's Try it. Try it out. Did I mention we were chosen to be a community <laughs> development <laughs> training site for the second year in a row? <laughs> oh uh, man. Yeah. All right. So I got everybody registered. People are lifting. Meat's going well. Software's yep. working fine. Everybody's jamming the music. Time comes for the last lift of like the first session. After that, we got to give these people something for playing. So we got uh, metals. Luckily, the software we use will categorize and group and score people and put them in order. So then we can see who's won what division. And then, yep, we've got little, we got metal. I say little because <laughs> they are kind of little, but metals, trophies for, uh, well, I'm sorry, let me back up. 
We do medals for each individual weight category. Right. We do trophies for overall age category. So like best senior, best youth, best junior, best masters, best team award. We also, we now do pre-orders for shirts just because the shirt, we sell those for at, we sell them at cost. So $6 if you pre-order and then we sell $10 event shirts. That's a great deal. Oh yeah, yeah. And then any kind of swag, like usually Valor gives us shaker cups to give away and then we put like business cards of other companies and stuff in there, like little candies or, or Protein, protein samples, sna- samples yeah, yeah, whatever we can get our hands on, we just toss it in. And, and then you had uh, some green sunglasses. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Still wear those somewhere. Uh, yeah, we just try where, to, where do you get these medals at? I I use a company online. I think it's called Crown Awards, but they're they're pretty decent in terms of like turnaround time and cost. That's that's what a lot of the sponsorship money goes to because I mean medals medals aren't aren't cheap, especially when no, you're No, it could eat up a lot of the registration. <laughs> yeah, fees. especially when you're looking at like twenty different divisions. Yeah, you gotta uh, get a lot. You, you've seen how many are at the national meets. Oh yeah. They have like ten huge cases come in with hun- about a hundred medals each. Oh I saw them in, I was each like, one. Man, it'd be cool to take one of these. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't. I we didn't. did not do that. <laughs> Well, I've seen some cool ones when I went out to the Copperhead Open in mm-hmm. Texas. The the meets they do out there at the barn. I mean, Bobby Circus, go, I don't know what company. I'm going to find out what company. We can probably post it to the website. But, okay. wow, these medals are awesome. Are they? Awesome. They're big. They're custom designed. They're in a certain, like, shape. Are they custom die casts? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, it's got a big uh, lanyard on it, not like a... A string or nothing. It's right. flat with its own design, and it. it's pretty cool. Yeah, we did some custom diecast medals a couple of years ago for the Florida State Championships, and th- th- those things are super cool. I uh, remember those. It was big and heavy. It looked like a yeah a time clock. What was that rapper's name? Uh, Flava Flav. Flava Flav. <laughs> <laughs> but luckily that year we had a couple of medalists at state, so we have some hanging up in the gym. With but they're really really cool. Um, but they're very expensive. I remember they were they were probably like six seven dollars a medal. I'll tell you like what that. though, it definitely. Definitely is a good addition. People get that around their neck, like, wow. Yeah, I mean, this I, is going on my wall. I would love to have a custom keep pulling die cast metal. I mean, that would be that would be amazing. It can happen. Maybe one day. So, okay, now the meet's over. Yep. I need to, what do I got to do? I mean, now we, now besides they, packing up, obviously, right? Everything's done. Let's assume we're out the door. Yep. What do we do with USA Weightlifting? This is a sanctioned meet. This is a sanctioned meet. So we are, we have 14 days to upload results. I think is the time period. So luckily, like we talked about Oliftia earlier, you just click a couple buttons and it exports Excel file in the exact format that USA Weightlifting is looking for. And then you just upload it to the site. Oh, actually, I'm not sure how bars works now because now we're using that. It's new probably the same. System. I'm sure it's better. But okay. here's uh, on the bright side. There's tutorials on the web page. Oh, yes. Yeah. There's how to do the There's actually things. some training I'm supposed to do. Like it was screaming at me in my email. Like, hey, you need to do this. Then myself as a meet director or wh- whoever's doing it has to upload those results so that all the people who participated get their official uh, scores and results into their individual USA weightlifting profiles. And if I don't upload those, then they don't go anywhere, and then I get in trouble. So, But that's basically the end of the meet and the that's process. It. Time frame-wise, how long would you spend planning, prepping for this meet? Like, Let's say when registration opens, from that point on, how, how long do you open registration for this wall? Four months in advance. Okay. Yeah. And all that time prepping and planning. I'd say probably your biggest prepping and planning is done within the last few weeks. 
Yeah, I mean now now we're kind of in cruise mode because yeah, we we kind of have a lot of help and and a lot of people who have been through it with us that that we just kind of like assume things that we're going to have like assume roles and like things are going to happen. Um, but when I buy medals, I buy for at least a year in advance, so I oh, buy wow. a ton of them. And there's a box in my storage unit. Do you get a volume discount? Yes. That's okay. why I do it too, because it's cheaper per metal the more you order. Just like t-shirts, the more you order, the less per item it is. Yeah, think about the future, folks, when you're doing meets. Yeah, exactly. And now, like the banners, I ordered generically, so we use the right. same banners over and over before I used to order banners for every single meet. And that was like... <laughs> that was would get just, expensive. Yeah, it was just stupid it money being spent. To. I have a bunch of totes that are just like, you grab and go, and yeah. it's all the shit we need. A lot of pens available. Oh, yeah. We have a full tote full of pens and the, what are those um the binder clips or whatever yeah the bowl clips yep we have keep uh, them cards together we have boxes now where it's like different color boxes where it's like cards coming up and then cards to be sorted or used cards so we, when the cards are done you just put them in the appropriate bag and or box and then we take them and go but yeah we have i have one two three four totes that are full of just this is what we need for for meat day extension yep. cords t- duct tape shoelaces screws hdmi cables guys. H- yeah HDMI video cables. converters for your tvs i mean it, i can't even remember what's in there but it, literally anything you could think of but we you know they're ready to go yeah i mean you just that's what i've been it. trying to do with a lot of my kit when i go to these big meets for photography yeah get some darn bins together so i can just grab it mm-hmm. throw it go instead I, i'd like lay everything out the night before and yeah. It takes two hours. I mean, there's still a lot of that where I'm freaking out like 48 hours in advance. Oh, like, I bet. Oh, God. Well, heck, that's a successful meet. Yeah. I mean, it's a, a lot of, a lot goes into it. And it's, it's you know, hopefully there's a lot of people participating because we like everyone to have a good time. The X factor for meets, uh, not a lot of people thinking about this, loaders, mm-hmm. loaders, 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 fast loaders. The difference between an on-time <laughs> meet and a not on time meet and a not good time is the loading. Yeah. If your loaders are taking thirty seconds to tighten the bar, if I if I have to tell them, loaders, please tighten the bar, this is an automatic thing. After that bar drops, run your butt out there and tighten the bar. Yeah. Get it reset. There's screens available. They should know what's coming up next. We I, will we'll we'll train the loaders coming up. I'm trying to get uh, I'm not complaining. I'm saying in general, loaders. Oh, for sure. Get your game together, okay? If you're taking thirty seconds to go change the weight on the bar you're taking way too long yeah. this is 15 seconds or less now you extrapolate that into say 80 or 90 lifts or more in a session you're looking at like half an hour of extra time if you're just walking up to the bar slowly putting the plane walking away oh it rolled out. i gotta walk back on the platform you're already getting tired of me saying it in a slow way right it, okay the bar drop i run up i tighten it i center it I'm ready to put the weight on. I've already got the next weight in my hand. It's a little plate. Oh, we're staying the Got same? It. I run my butt off the platform. Now the, the announcer can call next lifter, and it took 10 seconds yeah. at the most. I, I always joke. I'm like, Andy Andy and I could load, finish a two-hour session loading in one hour. <laughs> like yeah. You could finish it way ahead of time. But, yeah, it's it's the biggest thing for me is, like, when the bar, when the lift is over and the bar hits the ground, like the loader should be on it. They should be ready. And Paying attention the whole time. Put your phones down, guys. Yeah. Unless you're using it to track the score or the next lift, put your phone down. But you're up. I think this year we're hopefully going to have a high school girls weightlifting team helping us with loading. Good. Um, so we'll we'll one they'll get a perspective. I don't think any of them have even seen a USA weightlifting event like an Olympic style okay. event. 
So they're going to need a little training. Yeah, I was uh, like, lot, one of the things I like to do, I like to just get in there and load with them, so they see mm-hmm. what fast loading looks like. You know who's myself up? You know who's a really fast loader too? Corey on. Really? If you ever seen him, like he is like oh, oh, yeah. lightning. He gets. <laughs> what up am I there. saying? Really? Yeah. I, I, I think I, he jumped I in. Like, he'll he, do it while coaching. He'll yeah. he'll be writing the next attempt on with one hand and loading with the other. <laughs> yeah, I think at the area classic, he he jumped in and loaded a couple of times. People were like, "Oh my god!" I'm like, "That's normal." Andy, yeah. and I would crush it like that too. If Corey and I <laughs> loaded a session, yeah, the, the lifters would never be ready. Yeah. Uh, I remember one time at a meet, you said. Uh, I was already I had everything timed out just from a coach's perspective coaching an athlete okay. for warm up attempts like I, was, I had them every three I knew how long it would take but the loaders were slow and you said mm. what I didn't factor in was this snail pace loading because yeah. it added a good 10 minutes at I least. mean easily it yeah. messed up your warm up it messed up the warm up for the athletes they were going so slow and the meat just was behind not only are the coaches gaming the clock with the cards and trying to get extra lifts or extra time for their lifters lifts but then the loaders are, doo, 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 yeah. Doo, doo. I guess I'll change the way. <laughs> yeah. Also, have stuff available for the loaders: um, scrubbies, brushes mm. in case there's blood on the bar, Alcohol. some sanitary items, yeah. latex gloves, other fluids that may find their way onto the platform somehow. Yep. Don't want that. No. Well, we just hasn't happened yet. Yeah, but plenty of blood. Right. Yeah, we've had uh, people clip their shins on the way up and they just kind of bleed on the bar a little bit, but. Luckily, we have bleach and all kinds of stuff, to, like biohazard kit to get that stuff off. Well, that's uh, basically running a meet. And, of course, if you have any questions, just post them. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll answer them in the next podcast if we can. Yeah, for sure. Or any questions you have ever about weightlifting, obviously we can answer <laughs> That's kind of what we're doing here. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So that brings us to our next section. Ooh, which is weightlifting news and pop culture. Starring... Andy Blada and Pedro Costello. Hello, welcome to you. coming to you live here. Coming to you live from the Keep Pulling headquarters. Want to talk about some news here? What do you got on the, on the platform on the table for us here, Patrick? Let's see. First up, we've got a hundred days to the Olympics, and what this is, it's uh, it's an event that USA, well, Team USA, uh, I guess, is the ho- overall overarching United States Olympic Committee is holding in New York City, I believe, right in the heart of Times Square. New York City, people. But it's a big celebration uh, to exhibit every Olympic event from archery to weightlifting or whatever is in the Throwing, Olympics. Yeah. yeah. So we're 100 days out. That's going to be April 18th, it looks like. I believe that's the day for weightlifting. And what oh. that's going to be is a single, probably a single session in Times Square. Okay. I Just don't kind of an know exhibition. a whole lot about it. The details have not been fully released. I know bits right. and pieces. But you're headed up there. I don't get there. crazy about it. But uh, yeah, it's going to be pretty sweet. Yeah. So you're headed up there to for, with Lifting Life? Or yeah, what? Of course. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I'm not lifting in it. Well, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you never know. But yeah, it looks like there's some photos here for volleyball and equestrian type stuff. There's a whole schedule online, but it's called 100 Days to the Olympics, and it's a huge blowout celebration. And coming in fast, an- another news item. Patrick, what's what's going on in North Carolina? Are you, are you there in North Carolina? Can you tell us what's uh, oh going yeah, on? Oh, yeah, here we are. I'm reporting live from Winston-Salem. It is, 20, it is June 23rd to June 28th, and we are here at the Youth Pan Ams. Just kidding. It's not happened yet. But it's happening in June... This year. Is it this year? No, next this year. This year. Me. It's this year. I'm an idiot. 2020. <laughs> the year is 2020. <laughs> the event, first it was AO2 and Youth Nationals mixed together. It was going to be a four-day meet. 
now it's extended another day or two because Youth Pan Ams is coming to the USA. Nice. The Youth Pan American Championships in conjunction with the American Open 2 and Youth National Championships in Winston-Salem, North Carolina from June 24th to June 27th. That's going to be. And 23 to 28. That's going to be gigantic. Oh, it's going to be crazy. Remember uh, in Vegas when yep. they had unis and Youth Worlds? Youth Worlds. It would be kind of like that. I think it was going to be a separate platform for yeah. the Youth Pan Ams. It almost have to be because it's a national or international event. Yeah, for sure. I think there are yeah, different requirements that they have to they have to meet and all that kind of stuff. Um, but what was I going to say? Oh, I wonder what what new thing they're going to introduce this time because before it was the challenge card. I think that was the new the new yes, hot that topic. was there. I, I don't think they have anything. That was more in the, in the rules of right, WF <laughs> versus uh, let's introduce the. I imagine it would be run the same as uh, Youth Worlds for sure. Oh, and another news thing here. Oh, coming in hot. Coming in, coming in live from the uh, sweatshop factory in China. Uh, I'm here in the Nike sweatshop and. Uh, Live update from the kids. <laughs> yes, the Romaleo Two is still the best shoe ever. Oh man, that was that was good because I was I was I was worried and I was wondering too. Are the Romaleos this is a small still, update? <laughs> are they the best? Uh, We've for seen last. shoes come and go. We got new <laughs> models out. However, we ran them through a torture test. They didn't hold a candle to the Romaleo Two. Never, never, ever, ever have I ever found a shoe <laughs> that is the best. <laughs> Like the Romeo twos. This is how I answer this question when someone asks me, "Hey, uh, what shoe?" I said, "Romeo two. <laughs> I was going to ask you about bowling shoes. Ro- yeah, Romeo two. <laughs> Just put a sock on the front. Oh, <laughs> yep, they're still the greatest. Okay, now we're going to move into get technical. Ooh, I get wish technical. We- keep pulling. Yeah, I wish we life. had a sound bite for this. I think we did at one point, but oh, that get, was on my get, computer. Get 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 technical. Uh, Ricket Ricket what? <laughs> <laughs> so. Just to just to recap, so get technical is is something that we do uh, on Instagram. We used to do quite frequently. Now we do periodically because we've moved it to the podcast where we can talk about it at length. But it is where we take a topic about weightlifting and get technical with it. So mostly about technique, but we get we dive into the technical aspects. This is my favorite. Uh, the topic is worst cues. Oh God. Oh, okay. We'll we'll start there. So, what's your what's your worst cue that just gets under your skin? There are two. The first one is reach, because it's absolutely horrifically generic. <laughs> and the next is big pull. Big pull. Yes, like setting up. I remember one year. This was God. It was a meet in Altamont Springs somewhere. Uh, I can't remember what year it was. It was a long time ago. But I was taking. I was about to open my clean and jerks. <laughs> And I had like a hundred or whatever on the bar and someone was like, come on, big pull. And I was like, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> Bigger pull. Thank That's, you. I Thank you for the encouragement, but I hate those biggest words. pull. <laughs> I say full pull sometimes. Just full. I kind of a joke. Full pull. <laughs> I say full send to Sam. <laughs> That's my cue to him. I'm like full send. Uh, now maybe, what, what maybe there's an athlete coach, uh, kind of thing where they know what they mean by reach. Sure. That I was mean, the other thing we want to talk about with cues is, yeah, they're they're more athlete coach specific, right? Then, uh, but a generic you hear reach a lot. And it's like, well, it can't possibly mean something different for everybody. Reach what my potential? Reach for the stars. <laughs> what about you? What's a bad one for you? Uh, any body part. <laughs> <laughs> Fingers. You just don't say a body part. Yeah. I mean, of course, there's probably some background between the athlete and the coach, but right. from when I hear it. It's like you're just naming off parts of the body. Like yeah. you're reading a children's book, like head Must- and shoulders, knees and toes, knees and toes, knees and toes. Let's go mustache. <laughs> yeah. 
Cheeks. Yeah. Butt cheeks or which one? Face cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> smile. Yeah, That's sure what I'm is. saying. Smile. You're on live stream. I know. Some. Like, but you hear me say shoulders, shoulders. <laughs> Like you said, some some cues mean something to someone, but if, if there's a backstory and most people don't yeah. know it, it's probably just like, what the hell are you talking what about? What we mean by that is before you start rattling off body parts to your athlete, right. go over what it means. Like if I if you're my athlete and I, yeah. I say, okay, you're uh, you're starting to get on your heels way too much, a little early. Uh, I need you to get more midfoot, so I'm going to yell out feet. Yeah, and what that's going to mean to you is stay on your midfoot on the edge of your foot. Right. And you and me know what it means. So I yell out, feet. Remember your feet. Yeah. Yeah. It may sound silly to someone outside, but between the athlete and coach. But the thought process to the person, for the person goes, okay, feet. What do I do with my feet? Okay, keep it on the midfoot. Push my whole foot into the floor. There we go. While we're on the topic of cues, I think a limit of two is ideal. If you're not over, overwhelming the lifter's thought process with right with extra things, not really extra, you know, but something they might have forgot. Now they got to think about all this extra stuff. You know, I heard someone, or I watched it happen because we were shooting uh, from the lifting light booth at juniors, and every time they came out with their athlete, they would yell out a paragraph. You know, they were going. <laughs> it's like they were reading from a book. Full score like, seven years ago. Like the the lifter would be chalking up at the bowl, and this person would be talking the whole time from the floor, and then they'd be walking up, and they put their hands on the bar the whole. Could you time. hear what they were saying? Yes. And so it obviously like, wasn't like motivational. It was speeches. like talking through the lift, like uh, you know, I, I can't remember specifically what the, what they said, but it was like talking through the lift and remember to do them, remember a bar, and then but then the lift started happening. And she, they were still talking. It was like. Dude, that's tough on the on the athlete. They they got to focus on the lift at this point. Yeah. And any coaching you might have think you think you can give them at that time should mm. have been done. It's a long time ago. Yes, prep. Uh, this is very important. Meets are not the time to coach something new. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Go with what you know. Right. It, it is cruise control at that point. Like maybe you you need to to rein them in mentally, but physically, like the 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 training has been done for better or for worse. <clears throat> yep. So let the chips fall where they may. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it's slightly guided by cues. Moving into the get technical segment, away from the worst cues ever, which those are some terrible. cues. It's kind of technical. You want to say the right thing for sure. Um, but we we put a I put a, a little call out on on Instagram story a few weeks ago, asking what people wanted to hear in the get technical segment. So it was like, hey, send us a topic. And this one came through, we, we actually got quite a bit, probably close to 20 submissions. But this one was submitted by Stacy Gavin, one of our assistant coach extraordinaires. Uh, and I picked it because it's relevant, I think, to huge populace of weightlifters here. And it says, talk about new weightlifters or even specifically CrossFitters mastering the foundations of weightlifting and what those foundations are. Break it down. Let's do it. Uh, your fundamentals come down to about three things. Hmm. You got position. Your speed of the lift, which is a.k.a. tempo, yep, and the uh, loading of the bar, the weight, mm-hmm. is the result. It's not the focus. Right. It's the result. Strength is a byproduct of moving weight and moving correctly. Mm-hmm. Now, position. Personally, I coach position first, always pick up a bar. I do it with a bar. Not usually. If, if there's a certain limitation and someone can't pick up a bar yeah. to start, then I'll start with PVC or something like that. But typically with a bar, even, even the... 15 kilo bar, if it's a male, that's fine. Uh, just get a bar in their hands. I start them at the hip. I kind of work backwards, not really from the floor. Mm. Everybody can stand there with a bar. Yeah. Almost everybody. Everybody, 
let's assume everybody can stand there with the bar. <laughs> Getting to the floor below the knee, that's where it starts to get tough. So right. I start them. I call that position one. I know it's coach's position three or four. I call that one at the hip. One, two, above the knee, mm-hmm. three, below the knee, four, you're on the floor. And then I have, I have them go down where I want. I put their body in position yep. and then do the same thing up, same pace, same tempo, just to stand back up with the bar and do those positions. That's even a good warm-up, too, to reinforce positions. Do them really, really slow. Then start adding a little bit of speed, maybe, yep. just a little quicker. But I never, ever move people past a position that they haven't already gotten down. If they're having a hard time getting to their knee, uh, they're just sliding it down their leg and the knees are going forward, that's as far as we go for the day. We'll keep working it from the hip to the knee until they're comfortable in doing that. And then maybe the next time, well, of course, we'll do that again and then maybe move below the knee just with the bar just to get movement patterns really drilled in. This is the thing you have to do over and over and over and over and over because yeah. movement, that's what weightlifting is. And it's it, like I always say, it's essentially training a golf swing. For anyone that's played golf out there, you just you go out and you try to find the pattern and you just swing and swing and swing or, or do portions of the swing to feel you know different ranges of it before you start swinging for the fence. You know, yep. If it's not a correct swing and you go as hard as you can, like you go full send, you'll hit the ground and break the club or you'll pull a back muscle or something like that. It's the same kind of thing with weightlifting is you want to be comfortable and familiar with the positions first before you start adding speed. And then once the position is secured, then we start, like you said, you start increasing the speed and moving a little bit faster, maybe a little bit smoother. And then once that starts happening, then we try to slow it down or test it with a little bit of weight on the bar. Never like the opposite where it's like, let's load you up and then grip and rip. Think about race car drivers, autocross, Mm -hmm. Formula One. They don't start out in an F1 car. No. They start in like little 10 mile an hour cars, just learning how to turn, right. how to move, how to, to hold the wheel. Find your line. Just doing yeah. basic stuff. And then the speed is added yep. in, a, in a faster car. Uh, so yeah, getting the movement right is, is essential. Because once, once your foundations are built, it becomes much more difficult to change them if they need changing. Right. Like a huge battleship needing to make a turn, a lot of stuff has to happen. And, but if you're starting out, you're a little small ship. It's easy to make changes and make turns, mm-hmm. get on the right path. And and it's tough sometimes too because and just speaking to the the CrossFit topic because it was mentioned in the original question. But it's it's tough sometimes too to remove someone from the speed aspect because it's you know in, that's in the a, whole point in a CrossFit workout. That's you, the timer goes on and then you're just you're going until you can go 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 right. But weightlifting is a little bit different. It's very uh, very precise. It's very skill based. So we want to be able to duplicate the lift as as exactly as we can every time we do it so the reason for all the position work and slowing it down and getting your body familiar with it is when the lift happens i mean a snatch happens in less than a second so there's no time to think or correct or be like oh well maybe my knees need to be here it's over yeah it starts so hopefully by that time you're taking it at speed you've trained enough that your body just recognizes where to go and anticipates what needs to happen versus just slamming through and hoping for the best like there's no praying in weightlifting like you have to do everything very deliberately and you have to we're like snipers right we just have to be very precise about what we do very calculated 
and very uh, everything is you have to replicate based on the conditions that you're given. When it comes down to foundations, no matter what your level is, if you're someone who's like, which one's the snatch again, or you're state champion or top 10 in the nation, you're always, if you have a problem with your lifts, it always normally comes down to position or speed, always. And that is typically affected by the amount of load that's on there, right? So take the load off and work the previous two things, and then hopefully by then you can come back up. Whether you're new or a CrossFitter or a national competitor or any kind of level, it's always position, speed, load. Load is the result. Always, always, always. The more you drill position, the less you have to think about on the platform, Mm -hmm. on a a competition, uh, it's going to be there. I I don't like saying muscle memory because it's not a real thing, but uh, (laughs) the idea of muscle memory is a real thing, neuromuscular. (laughs) It's like muscle confusion. Yeah, Yeah, my muscles are confused. (laughs) Because they've lost their memory. (laughs) (laughs) It's one less thing you got to think about. It's going to kind of happen on its own. That's Mm -hmm. where the coach comes in and says, feet okay that's all you have to focus on just get your feet in the right position everything else is going to be in line and you'll right. be fine yeah and go for it a lot of training goes into weight lifting and you know for six <laughs> for lifts six on a lifts. platform yeah four years of of preparation for an olympics oh, for an man. olympia Can you imagine? comes down to six lifts and it really comes down to two because you need a total mm-hmm. you don't there's no uh gold silver medal for uh making a world record snatch uh-uh. doesn't matter if you don't make a clean jerk after that you're done right no total you're last on the list i just thought of a, a, tip, a typical argument where isn't isn't weightlifting about how much weight you lift i mean yeah technically it is but how much weight you lift to a standard of lifting um, so you're you're still adhering to rules and and technique standards that you have to meet so it's not necessarily about how much weight you lift but how well you can do it to impress and not impress, but to adhere to the standards that the referees If it are. was about how much weight you lifted, uh, in some circles, they'd give the gold medals to the loaders. <laughs> oh, no, not this again. <laughs> Scott, if you're listening, here we go. He's not. <laughs> He's not at all, yeah. But he will listen to this clip. <laughs> um, oh, we had a little skirmish on the red platform at unis <laughs> when I was commentating. He said the loaders lift the most weight, and I said, hold on, pal. I'm not going to get into it now. I want to have a well-written out uh, side of my argument, but yeah, they don't give medals to loaders because uh, they don't lift the most weight. They move the they most move, weight. They load the most weight because <laughs> the inverse would have to be true. Does they the uh, lifter load the most weight? <laughs> no. Therefore, the loader does not lift the most weight. That's funny. Okay, moving on. Uh, next events. What do you got coming uh, up? So, oh, we're here. Let me change the date on this, and then we'll talk about well, it. Well, I'll talk about what I got coming up then. Next weekend, I am flying to Oklahoma, Oklahoma, Norman, Oklahoma, mm. for the Oklahoma, it's not the state meet, it's the, called the Oklahoma Open. Okay. I was asked to fly in and uh, cover the meet, photos and videos, and we're going to live stream it. Nice. That's going to be a lot of fun. It's on Saturday. Tune in to, I think, Kitties and Kilos Productions or on the Oklahoma Weightlifting Facebook page. We'll see where we end up streaming it, but it'll probably be YouTube. Nice. Two weeks after that, <laughs> the Arnold. Hokey Smokes, Bullwinkle, the Arnold, four platforms, two extra platforms. I cannot 1,200 people. 
I four cannot days. wait. I've always, since I got involved in like this functional fitness world, I've always wanted to go see the, the Arnold, and I've never been. But seeing all these emails with like our media credentials are approved, like I'm yeah, like this, this is, is the first be. time we've had them. We've never had them before. Really? Yeah, we've never had real Arnold media credentials. Oh, are, oh yeah, yeah. These I, aren't USAW. There's there are no USAW credentials at this meet. Yeah, it's all Arnold. But this technically gives us general access, right? Like yeah, we can to uh, everything in the main main area. So if uh, you guys, anyone listening, is headed out to the Arnold, find us out there. Yeah, if we look busy, it's because we are. Yep. And if I'm staring at something, it's because I need. That's what I need to look at. Right. If you tap me on the shoulder and I say, hey, and I don't look at you, just go ahead and talk. And <laughs> We're there. Yeah. We're cognizant and we're listening. Chances are our eyes will be on the platform. We'll be busy. We're doing whatever we're doing at that time. But we're we're there to work. Hopefully we'll have a, a little bit of time to walk around. But Maybe not. Yeah. Don't but, get your hopes up. We're no, going to be real busy. But, okay, after that I got uh, some local stuff going on like photo shoots and yep. covering a cornhole tournament. And then oh, at nice. the end... Or the start of April. I know it's a long ways out, but I'm flying to Ohio for the first of the year's team handball competition, collegiate championships. That's fun. And then after that is Masters Nationals in Orlando right oh, after the right. 100 days out. So Masters is April 20-something, right? Yeah. 20th. It's in April. Yeah. And then ours, uh, let's see. You got April 11th here for yep, the TBC. So we have a tentative weightlifting meetup, which has been pushed back from January just because of all the things going on. Yeah. We, we just haven't found that. <laughs> yeah. So 14 March, I believe, is a Saturday, but it's St. Patty's Day weekend, which plays into the Team Green theme. Oh, we're yes, gonna have it like does. A, we're going to have like a green themed meetup. And then Tampa Bay Spring Classic 3, April 11th in Dunedin. That is a weightlifting competition that we hold. It's our spring meet. And then after that, I don't... But you're coming to the Arnold with me. Yep, going you to the Arnold. You are now my Southwest companion. Woohoo! Uh, and I do have my TSA pre-check, and I loaded Good. my known traveler number into my profile, so we're going to skip the line. So peace out, suckers. Yeah. <laughs> Wave to everybody as we walk by. I've done that before. It's, uh, like, it's like getting a fast pass at Disney where you just walk by, and you're like, <laughs> I'll let that, you know how it, it is. It was at McCarran Airport after the big one in Vegas, the yeah. 1,600 people. Yeah. I was leaving early in the morning, and let me tell you, regular security was... Packed. Oh, I walked by everybody. I said, "See you later, suckers." <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. Yeah, Liz. Liz. Uh, it's good to feel like you're better than other people. Oh, it's Jesus. so nice. <laughs> Let me tell you. So I go to Walmart. I sit in the front. Of the plane. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I just sit in the window. I don't care if it's in front or back. As yeah. long as I got my window with the divider like on my shoulder, I'm happy. Yeah. Yeah, I like Southwest a lot. All right. And we're going to outro us out here. Yeah, so I think that is all we've got going on. We talked a lot about how to how to event. Uh, told you a little bit about our events. And a little bit about news. So thanks for listening. Make sure to follow us on social media. We are at Keep Pulling on Instagram and Facebook. At Lifting Life on Instagram. There you go. You can find previous episodes of this, of this podcast on our website, keeppulling.com. If you like what you hear, drop us a review on iTunes. Uh, thanks for listening. And I guess that's it. And we will see you. That'll do it. Next time. Yep. Yeah.